people who are open-minded that are willing to you know, innovate, especially in Corona times, man, those are the people, those are the businesses ultimately that are going to be accelerating because if you can hop on this train and it's a beautiful train, it's like the, uh, the Polar Express, then you're going to be fine. You know, you're going to be rocking and rolling. But if you're like, oh, we don't need Google my business, all this stuff, you know, it's shot in the water. Hello and welcome back to the E-Tribe. This is Isar Matis, your host. The person you're listening to is Sean Boyle. Sean is young by age, but I was blown away by the level of depth of understanding that he has in entrepreneurship and really in how to setting yourself up for success in your career. Literally everything he said in the call I've done with him before the interview and the interview itself is pure gold. So you want to stick around if you want to learn really the right mindset and things you should do if you want to build your career and create a successful business and future for yourself and your family. You're listening to the Eat Tribe podcast series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passions and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the E-Tribe, entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools which help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the E-Tribe. This is Isar Metis, your host. I got to share a story with you that ties up very nicely to my guest today. So yesterday, I had the privilege and the opportunity to be on a live call with Kevin O'Leary, the Kevin O'Leary, also known as Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. And on that opportunity, I want to thank Chris Kremitzos for giving me that opportunity to be on that call. But it was really interesting. He talked about the current situation of business small businesses in general, his, his small businesses and how they dealt with COVID. And he talked and focused a lot about how they had to go through rapid digital transformation in his companies in order to basically survive through COVID because he does a lot of retail. And it was very interesting on the whole things that, you know, me coming from a digital world, I don't see that as a big deal. But for companies who are old school in traditional industries now having to do this very quick backflip and like, oh my God, how do we do this online? How do we provide more value online than when people can walk into the store or to whatever service that we provide? And my guest today is very, very relevant to this topic. So it connects very well for me. And that's why I'm sharing this with you. But he's young, he's a driven entrepreneur, and he is in an old school traditional industry of real estate, but he brought in a digital service to differentiate what he's offering and provide more value to his clients and hence expand his business in a time that is not obvious to expand your business. So I'm very excited to welcome Sean Boyle to the E-Tribe. Welcome, Sean. Esau, thank you so much for having me, my man. How are you? I'm Phenomenal. I'm so excited to do this. Like really the, the call yesterday, like, oh my God, this is going to be so great for tomorrow. So before we dive into kind of like what you're doing today, tell me please, or us about you, where you are, what you do, where you came from, what you've done in your life before what you're doing today. 
Yeah, man. So I appreciate it. And Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it literally caught me by surprise. I got the email like two days ago. Do you want to be on a live call with Kevin O'Leary? Like, that's a stupid uh, question. <laughs> I have the privilege, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in spades, but I actually have the privilege of being on a call with Michael Bloomberg and Warren Ooh. Buffett yesterday. Oh, so nice. we'll talk about that a little bit. I graduated Penn State this year in May. I was already working with the digital marketing company at the time. I made partner with my original founder, Mac Frederick, who used to work at Google. So the company's Momentum Digital, our HQs in Philadelphia, we do PPC, SEO, web design, all that great stuff. But the thing that I've taken a role on is Momentum 360, which, as you and um, a bunch of other people know, is a property marketing company. We do virtual tours, virtual staging, real estate photography, as you said, all these wonderful uh, services. And we actually have 50 locations in this great nation of ours in the U.S. So it's one of these things, man, where we were able to open up 40 plus new locations just in COVID, right? I think the first COVID case was actually today, one year ago. Everything's crazy. Yes. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I appreciate all the love. My biggest thing is, is just playing that long-term game. It's not about, oh my God, I could make so much money doing this. It's like, I'm just in it for quality content and to make people happy. And like you were touching on to keep people and you know, expedite their process to building that digital transformation that is so, so crucial during this time in COVID, man. Okay. So, so you're obviously very young. You just graduated and yet you're already an entrepreneur. Talk to me a little bit about this before we dive on the business itself. Like why? Like most people, you know, they finish college or, or during they go and work for somebody. They don't jump in and buy a partner out to be a part of the business and become partners in their own business at such a young age. Like what, what drove you to the entrepreneurship world versus just I'll go and work for somebody? So this is a great story. And I love telling this story because it's really, you know, it summarizes me as a person. I'm a very black and white person, as you'll come to know. It's either really, really good or really, really bad, which I'm working <laughs> on that. It's, it's, a, it's more gray. You know what I mean? So when I was a sophomore in college at Penn State, I was drinking, smoking weed, just going out on the weekends. I had no ambition to do anything. I knew I wanted to be an engineer. I read, you know, Henry Ford's autobiography probably a million times while I was in high school. So I was like, yeah, let me dabble in engineering, see what we can do. And as I started to get in these engineering classes, man, I was like, first of all, I'm not even that good at physics and math. And I don't, I, I just don't even love this stuff. Like, like I, I just saw that, oh, $80,000 starting salary by the end of college. And it was all about the money for me. It wasn't about the quality of the work. It was just about that short-term mindset of the money. That was it. So I go in my advisor's office, right? Old, you know, probably like at least 90, God bless her. She's still around advisor who she was, I think from like Moscow or something. She was a heavy, thick Russian accent. Her name was Irene Hurd. And I was like, Irene, I got to be honest with you. I'm not liking engineering. I really want to do something that's modern that can really, you know, impress uh, small businesses and really has an impact on them, you know, that leaves a mark. And she's like, what do you know about digital marketing? And I was like, digital marketing, I don't, I don't know, like Gary V, Tony Robbins, that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah, well, listen, there's this guy who I used to work with and used to know who actually has a company right outside of Philly that I'll introduce you to. I'm like, all right, cool. So that person was Mac Frederick, the person who, who's now was my partner, right? And it's funny, man, because I said I was a sophomore at the time. I emailed him, not that uh, summer, but next summer I said, hey, 
I know that I'm a little busy with my own podcast and my business and life in general. Let me get an internship for next summer, right? Not this sophomore summer, junior summer. So it's really late in the game now. You know, it's, I have to get my stuff together. So, and he was like, he was kind of confounded by that. He was like, you want an internship for next year? Not this one coming up. What are you talking about? In my mind, I wanted to just build up my digital skills and presence to really know what I was doing. It's like, I would much rather have taken that year to, again, find out what I love to do, which is so important. And then build and harness my skills. So that's what I did. And when I came to Momentum, I was, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they say. And I just hit the pavement, man. I think I, I sold digital marketing services and tickets to this blockchain conference. I think it totaled up to around like a quarter of a million dollars just in that summer. Fast forwarding to now, I'm a huge part of this, you know, big conglomerate now. We just really have a great partnership. I mean, it's like the Charlie Munger to the Warren Buffett. You know, I, I think it's just such a unique thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I've always wanted to be part of something, whether it's big or small. I always wanted to be at the top. Control is very important to me. It's very, very important. When I feel like I don't have control, that's when like I start to get anxiety. So for me, I was like, I need to have control. I need to be the head of a company. I need to see how things run. That's just what I love to do. So this small marketing company, I, and I'll never forget this. I was at Shima. It's a Brazilian steakhouse in Philly. Mac and his then partner, Chanel, who actually backed out, she had cold feet, said, Sean, you know, and this is when I was still a sales director, right? She says, hey, Sean, you know, we are thinking about it and we want to bring you on as a partner. And at that point, man, I was floored. I, I'd worked, you know, 80, 100 hour weeks every single week. And I was just beside myself. You know, I kind of like broke down while there's like a, I think there was like a, like a 50 ounce steak in front of me. I, I couldn't even eat it. I was just so emotional and so choked up about it. And, you know, it's so funny how things work where senior year of college, I went back to Penn State and I finished. I think I ended up with like a three, six. So it's not like I slacked off. And then I was made a partner of, of 360 where now it's Mac and I at the top and we have about 30 employees and about 200 plus photographers in the U S so point being, you don't always know a hundred percent of the time where you want to go. But I think that learning what you want to do and loving that too, walking that tightrope, so to speak is so important, man. So that's really where I came to love entrepreneurship. I love it. I think it's an amazing story. And I think what you said in the end captures it all, right? If you follow your heart and you're willing to learn and you use both these terms, you'll get somewhere. It, by the way, it's the same for me, right? I'm now starting a new business that I'm crazy excited about. By the way, uh, shameless plug on my own show. The website is up. So if you want to check it out, you can go to bethestage.live and learn more about it. But I'll probably do a whole show about it on a later date. But that's just me being excited because the website is up for like 48 hours now. So it's really <laughs> brand new. That's There's awesome, still probably man. a lot of spelling mistakes and issues on the website. No, there aren't any. There might be. But th the point is, when I started the podcast, I didn't know why I was doing it. I was very passionate about it. I enjoyed talking to interesting people. And I was learning constantly new things and new techniques and new ways that I can manipulate it that led to eventually the business that I'm starting right now. So I agree with you 100% both in concept as well as from personal experience. Let's talk a little bit about Momentum 360. What is that you do and why does it provide value to your clients and who your clients are? Sure, man. So 
for those who know, you know, like I said earlier in the show, we do virtual tours, virtual staging, photography, videography. There's a million companies that do this. Okay. I'll be first to say that there's a million companies that do what we do. Why should you go with us? Why should you go with them? What differentiates us? What makes us, you know, in my mind, I think we're, you know, poised to be really on pace to be the best VR provider in the entire world. And what I mean by that is really just harnessing as much virtual content as possible whether we're white labeling it or whether we're building our own software, I think that we're very poised uh, to be in that position. We take softwares from other companies and we build strategic partnerships with them, right? Now, the reason that I do that is as much as I love Matterport, which is our you know bread and butter virtual tour software right now, I know that it's limited as much as I love the praise about it. And we actually just got an article about them. You know, they're probably going to watch this interview and be like, oh, we're going to take that down for you, Sean. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're fantastic. But they know, even Matterport knows that you can't solve all the problems all the time. So me as a business owner, you know, again, I'm not like some genius Elon Musk type guy. I just understood, you know, oh, people are going to want to need better solutions. They're going to need different solutions, you know? The Philly Convention Center, which we're going to shoot, which is 800,000 square feet, it's like a football stadium for Christ's sake, is different than a little mom and pop shop that is, you know, maybe 500 square feet, you know, in a little tight, you know, New York apartment or something like that, right? So they need different solutions. They need completely different solutions. I would be remiss to say, oh, we can just use the same thing, cookie cutter method, and it'd be great. I think that me being transparent and open-minded to saying, oh, no, this isn't the best software for them, this is, and then really finding that solution that's right for them and building that strategic partnership and then standing out where we should. And I think, you know, Larry Page talks about this all the time. He wants to partner where, where they can and, and stand out, you know, where they may. And it's just a tremendous, you know, motto and mantra that I, I live my life on is, you know, if people, you look up to someone and man, I want to get to that level you know, as the saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. And it's true. So I, I think that there's a plethora of business out there. And, you know, we really just need to partner and, and, and find the right one for us. You know what I mean? And it's just, like I said, Momentum 360, man, has always been uh, open-minded and, and transparent. We're only three years old, man. 360 is only three years old. And this is my, you know, first six months doing this. And we're going to be in Europe. We're going to be in all seven continents by the end of 2021. So we're poised to really, you know, tackle this. And like I said, man, at the end of the day, it's not about how much money we make. It's about the impact that we leave, the legacy, the quality of our work. That's really what I'm, you know, I'm about. Not to be, oh, Forbes 500 or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, I could care less about that. Cool. I want to touch on an important point that you mentioned in the beginning of this, which is about finding best of breed and combining things together. And today, the amazing thing, and a lot of people don't know that, right? Especially people who are more in the corporate world, the quality and capability of different pieces of software out there today is incredible. And it's stupidly cheap. So if back in the day, in order to have like an integrated solution that could do different things coming from different companies, you needed a developer's team of 20 and an IT support group and (laughs) a million dollar budget a year just for your IT stuff. Sure. Today, you can build all the tools you need to make yourself unique. And I think that's what you're saying. You're saying, I want to be able to provide a service that nobody else provides. In order to do this, I'm going to choose 
software A, B, C, and D and that service from that company. And I'm going to make this mine by packaging it in a way that's easy for my clients to consume and I can offer them different solutions. Doing this today requires one thing and one thing only, which is research, right? If you have the mindset and you're saying, I want to be able to offer these solutions, you'll be able to find the softer components that can do each and every one of those things at a stupidly low amount of money and still package it as a very good solution for your clients and sell it as a service in a way that makes you enough money to sustain your business and grow your business. So I love what you're saying because it applies to any business in the world today. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the, the opportunities out there are really endless. I believe, man, I truly believe that this time period right now is the most advantageous period in our lifetimes. Whether you're trying to start a business, whether you're going to invest, I think that, you know, you look at the Dow right now, right? And it's going to hit 30,000 pretty soon. Bitcoin's at 18,000 or something crazy like that. But I believe, you know, I thought that when, when Biden was elected, it was just going to go down the tubes, but it's stronger than ever. I think that we're due for some sort of recession or, or maybe even a depression, right? I think that setting yourself up to be open-minded, and this is just like, you know, general business talk here, to pounce on certain investments, you know, whether you're starting a company and you need to integrate, you know, different solutions like I do, or whether you're a real estate investor and you say, hey, oh my gosh, I want to buy this, you know, duplex right here, live in it, rent it out. Or you're some, you know, guy who just wants to stream on the internet and is an, an introvert that you can't really go out now. It's perfect for you. So I get really irritated, man, when people say, oh, there's no opportunity. I, we just have to, you know, accept the feet. Bullshit. Total BS. You have the capabilities to do whatever you want in this world. You just have to look hard enough and deep enough and you'll find it. Period. Okay. Let's take this to a more specific kind of questions because we're kind of dancing around this thing and we started the, the show with this is it's about a, how do you differentiate yourself and B, how do you leverage digital tools to differentiate yourself? Right? Because these are kind of the two themes that we're talking about across all the stuff that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Let's try to generalize this, right? How are you? And you said, okay, there's a million companies out there and you said, we're just going to do it better. Let's make it specific. And let's take the process, like how did you figure out what you need to offer and how you can offer this in order to provide a better solution to your clients? And that's a great question, man. That's something that, you know, I, I legitimately asked myself when I was trying to go through this whole rabbit hole research thing of, oh, what's going to work and what's not, right? It's a little maze and a puzzle you need to figure out. So like I said, Matterport is great for real estate. It's great for real estate. We know that. But what about for restaurants? What about for convention centers? These bigger, bigger things, especially convention centers. I found this company called Panerate. Okay. Panerate.org. And Panerate has a software, has a virtual tour software, right? We're still talking virtual tour softwares where you can have a master key. You can have maybe, uh, you know, someone talking throughout the entire exhibit. And you can highlight certain pinpointed, you know, rooms to say, oh, exhibit A, we want to go in and buy this. You know, we want to be a vendor. Oh, exhibit D, which is like more so for like concerts or I don't know, just something, right? I knew that Panerate software was better suited for these bigger, larger facilities like stadiums, right? Like ballparks, like all these 
larger conglomerates that are like, you know, at least 500 K square feet, right? Now, when I was researching, I found that there's a bunch of companies that do this. So it's like, how do I go about picking the right solutions? Because, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. If I can get one company that does the same thing, but they're slightly different, it's like, that wouldn't make any sense. So what I did was I would call them. I would call them and say, hey, this is my needs. This is exactly what I'm looking for. You know, what are like, have you ever partnered with anyone before? Right. Have you ever, you know, had a rev share, you know, agreement like and dude, you'd be surprised. No, like I'd say 50 percent of the companies I've talked to, they haven't even heard about this stuff. Right. Because they're only focused on this specific solution. So the companies that were, you know, not necessarily about it, I just would say, screw it. Like you guys, you have partnerships already, like you're, you're kind of big or bigger already, you know, and the work, let's just be honest, it wasn't even that good. <laughs> so I'll pass you <laughs> off. I'll, I'll pass you off. Right. The people who didn't have any idea of the strategic partnerships, they were more so, oh, this is our niche. We do it the best. I was more so fixated on them because I knew that, okay, I want to have this umbrella of solutions. I want to have the best in that singular solution. Right. Look at it like a car, right? Like a Ferrari. Sure. Ferrari does their engines, does every single piece of, of engineering you can think of. But if you're going to make a car, if you're going to put together, you know, the best car ever, right? You take maybe Ferrari's engines, right? Maybe you take McLaren's suspensions, right? Maybe you take Ford's transmission. I don't know, just like piecing it together. And you create that perfect car, right? Or at least one of the best damn cars I can ever think of. But you're thinking you want to have the best of the best in that specific industry. Okay, in that specific niche. So those are the specific tactics that I used. And again, this isn't a very you know fast process. We're talking about months upon months, right? We've partnered with three or four companies right now. You know how long that took me to find these companies? It took me hours upon hours of research. So, you know, for the people out there that are like, oh, we should start a partnership, don't expect it to come easy and don't expect it to come fast because the best things that you're gonna have to wait a little bit but you need to make sure that you're getting exactly what you need, you know, and exactly not necessarily what you want, because what you need is a lot different than what you want. Your clients need the absolute best. Even if you want something with the client, they may say, Oh, we, we need, really need this, you know, whether it's integrated with some other digital service that we've provided, you know, so that that's really what we did. And I think that having a lot of patience in which I'm 23, I'll be 24 and, you know, next July, which is some time away, but it was hard for me. It was really hard for me to say, Oh, like I want to pull the trigger immediately, but I have to wait for a little bit and know that, you know, we're going to get the best of, of what we really need for our clients. So two points. One, we're going back to research, invest in research, do your research, do your homework goes a very, very long way because there's a million different options out there today and you need to find the one that works for you, or like you said, that solves your needs or your clients' needs in the best way. But the second thing you said that I really, really like is the whole partnership part. And many companies don't do this today and they're missing out. And what I mean by that, and not everybody will do this with you. And then you need to decide whether their product is good enough to say, okay, whatever, or just to pass on, like you're saying, and look for the ones who are. But if you can find a company that provides the perfect service or product for you, and do a revenue share model with them, everybody wins. And the reason everybody wins is then you align your interests. If you make money, they make money. If they help you grow, they make more money. If you help them fix things, you both make more money. So if you can come up 
instead of like, okay, I'm paying whatever, $19.95 or $100 or $500 a month for this service. Instead of that, I either have some kind of a small kind of like quote unquote retainer and a revenue share or a 100% revenue sharing model where when I sell this, you get much more than the $19.95 a month. Everybody wins. And a lot of people don't even think that way. They go on the website, they sign up because there's a page to sign up and that's it and they're done. And they're missing on A, the relationship with the actual people who are developing the actual software, which is huge because if you go in and say, hey guys, this is amazing, but I've done this for this and this convention center. And if we tweak this, this would be amazing because this would fit more things. It's something they won't get from anybody else. But you, because you're their partner, you will come back with real feedback to real requests and they will actually listen because they will make money if you sell more of those. So I think it's a very smart business model when you're piecemealing together kind of like your ultimate solution. I love this. Let's go to the next question about the the second topic. Can you charge more because you have a unique product or do you leverage the fact that you have a unique product just to win more business at the same price of everybody? So do you look at it basically as a way to make more money or do you look at this as a marketing investment, the the fact that you have all these tools? That's a great question. Again, definitely the latter. Definitely the latter. I think that saying this is a digital investment, I probably uttered that phrase a thousand times over quarantine. And it's so true. I mean, like I was telling you before the show, man, like as a 23-year-old entrepreneur, with an ego as big as the, you know our planet, I could easily say, oh yeah, like for a virtual tour, I could charge you know ten grand, fifteen grand, right? And some people would pay it, right? Some people would tell me, screw you. Some people would be like, ah, I don't know. And some people would say, yeah, let's do it right now, right? And I don't like that. I, I don't like you know putting them in a, in a position that is even if it's like really giving them what they want, like sure. But, but they're also putting themselves in, the, in a hole financially. So it's, again, walking that tightrope of, okay, what's a good price for them? What's a good price for me? And also, are they really getting what they need? So that's kind of the tightrope that I walk. And like you said, man, leveraging this investment with all the solutions, we don't necessarily, like, once I give them a quote, very rarely will they offer some sort of rebuttal, you know? And that's great. I think that if you can find... An, you know, whether you're in digital marketing or whether you're in real estate or whatever, if you can quote someone, right, whether you're a car salesman, whatever, quotes them, quote them, you know, a price, and they give you very little rebuttal. I personally believe that you've done an amazing job at describing not only the product, but like the customer uh, experience and exactly what they're getting. I think that that's a tremendous thing, because if you lay out all the value, then it's like, oh, wow, like, it's only like this much, like a bargain. You got to think about it like that. And, And you know, people can sniff out, oh, what's a good deal? What's a bad deal? Very fast. Like people's BS meters are, you know, they're, they're so high nowadays. Yes. And so, yeah, man, that, that's really what I do. I, I think that, you know, the, I love the term digital investment. I love that right now. And that's what I really preach on these small businesses, because you got to think a lot of people like me and you, we know what, you know, Google my businesses. We know what a virtual tour is. We know what all these, you know, basic things are. And I, yes, I do say virtual tours are basic because it's, it's common practice now, right? But for these people who don't know what that is, I think that more than ever, it's really, as you think about it, it's deterring the people who don't are, they're not necessarily, you know, knowledgeable of, of this technology. So they're like, ah, maybe they're old school. Like, ah, I don't necessarily want to do that. But the people who are open-minded that are willing to you know, innovate, especially in Corona times, man, 
those are the people, those are the businesses ultimately that are going to be accelerating. Because if you can hop on this train, and it's a beautiful train, it's like the, uh, the Polar Express, then you're going to be fine. You know, you're going to be rocking and rolling. But if you're like, oh, we don't need Google my business, all this stuff, you know, it's shot in the water. Let me ask you a question, a follow-up question to what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's obvious that the fact that you can offer virtual tours to businesses during COVID is fantastic, right? It's like, oh my God, people are people can't walk in to my, let's say, use the same example, use my conference center, mm-hmm. but I want them to be able to book conferences for December of next year, because right. by then, hopefully we'll be able to actually meet people again. So how do I do that? So I get that, right? It's a no brainer right now. I think a lot of the people where they get hang up is like, okay, I now need to make all this investment to do this digital transformation, do the research, do the hard work, do the partnerships, put a strategy around it, put a service around it, be able to sell the value of it to other people. By then COVID will be over and then I'm stuck with all that investment. So what do you see as the evergreen benefits of what you have once COVID is over? So imagine, like I'll go through a couple of scenarios. Imagine if you're a convention center, right? You don't necessarily need a website. You can just use this virtual tour, click the link, hop on it. And literally, you know, you can put on the iPhone, you can say, oh, click to call here to, to reserve, uh, get a free quote for, you know, an exhibit, right? That's one reason. A restaurant, once you have the virtual tour, whenever, right? You can have this tour whenever. You can say, oh, this booth for date night, I want to book it right then and there. You know what I mean? Because there's no, what is it, like open seat or something like that, where open table, where it's just great. I mean, you can pick out where you want, but it's like a stadium where you're just looking at numbers, you're looking at seats. There's no three-dimensional design of, oh, this is exactly where, where I'm going to be sitting. Awesome. This is what it looks like. I expect to look at like this. Because, hey, I don't know, maybe you want to pop the question and you see a little nook where you can, you know, put the <laughs> put the ring and then there's there's a million things. You know what I mean? If, if you're, God forbid, your family member, as I just say, maybe like handicapped, then, you know, you need to make sure that they're safe. A virtual tour would be great for that. And this is thinking long-term. This is thinking, you know, a couple of years. This is thinking five to, to 10 years down the road of, what does the customer experience look like at the end of the day, no matter what industry you're in? That's, I think that's so important, man. But yeah, I, I mean, it really all depends on what industry you're in and how we can implement that. And there's I, an... Let, S- me, let me pause you for a second because you touched on a few very, very important points. Sure. One is the future of user experience, right? And again, you're in a spot where people, you know, in my industry, people say user experience. It's like, okay, how does the website look like? How's the flow and clicks, whatever. Your world is kind of like the perfect scenario as far as explaining this to everybody, because you're really saying, no, 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 there's an actual physical business out there. It's a store, it's a restaurant, it's a convention center, it's a whatever the case may be, a stadium. And yet you have a fast growing percentage of the population that are used to from birth to experience the world through a digital interface. For them, looking at the screen and saying, oh, this is how the restaurant is going to look like. Yeah, it looks cool. I want to go, is what they do forever. They've never seen a world without a digital interface before. So now I'm going to generalize this, not just to a virtual tour, but to providing other digital experiences and benefits to your business. Having a good website, having a mobile app, having a, the ability to purchase your services online without having to call somebody or actually be at the spot. 
This is the future of any business. The percentage of people in the population that that's all they know. They grew up with a cell phone. They've never seen a world without one is growing every year because older people, you know, the way of life, they keep on dying and younger people are being born. And there's more and more and more people in the population that are used to experiencing the world, interacting with the real world, quote unquote, right? There's a company out there that sells shoes. They may or may never ever have a shop, but you need to give that person the experience of shopping for shoes. So then the whole world of, I want to see the shoe from all directions. I want to be able to see it on me. Like now, uh, now we have all the augmented reality things where yep. I can put the camera and I can put the shoes on the clothes on myself. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. I don't have to. So I think thinking of this on how can I let people experience, and you use the right word, how can I let people experience what I am selling in a digital way is not something that's going away after COVID. It's going to keep on growing as the percentage of the population finds this not as a second nature, as a first nature, because that's all they know. Yeah, that's very, very well said. And I think, you know, I would pause, rewind what you just said, like people that are watching. Seriously, because that, that's a great point. You know, you look at Amazon right now, biggest e-commerce company in the world, and they haven't really integrated AR yet, you know, because how, how cool would it be? Like I bought this mic stand, right? This mic stand I, I bought this week and I actually needed to get another part. So it's like, huh, if I took an augmented filter to say, oh, this is exactly what it looks like, like a Tony Stark hologram where I could plug it in right there and see, oh, cool. Maybe I need another part for that. I would have not only saved time, saved money, but I would have saved a frustration, you know, maybe... You know, and you would have bought one more thing. You would have actually yeah. ordered one more thing, which is what they want you to do. Exactly. So it's like, you know, oh God, I could talk about this forever, man. A AR and VR, they're, they're the future. And it, like you said, it's all about how you can take that customer experience and elevate it, whether they're saving time, saving money, you know, just, I, I think you need to think about the customer. That's what, you know, Jeff Bezos talks about all the time is you think you need to dream about it. You need to wake up and think about it, go to bed, think about it because their journey ultimately, I mean, you could be the nicest person in the world. You could have a decent product, you know, for like in terms of um, cost, but it's all about the experience. How do people feel? Because people buy an emotion all the time. They don't necessarily buy in reason. They buy an emotion. So if you can change their emotions to say, oh my God, you know, this Momentum 360, this Amazon, whatever, Google, this is incredible. People need to, and now you're saying they're shouting from the rooftop, from the Empire State Building, you know, from the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. You need to get this. You need to get this. I think that's very powerful. And not only is that good for, for your one uh, customer, but you're going to, you know, just exacerbate the amount of business that you have because people are going to be telling other people about it. And that's it. So yeah, man, it, it, it's never been a better time to be in the VR and, and AR space. So that's for sure. I agree. I think, I think in... Whoever can understand quickly how to leverage any digital aspect and grow that for his business, it's incredible today. It's incredible today because the capabilities are insane and they're practically free. Like I'm running my business, everything, all in. I'm talking about management softwares, content creation, content management, engagement on social media, recording, storage, hosting, websites, everything. Like everything I do is probably less than $150 a month. 
which is ridiculous. You think about it, you're like, how is that even possible? What you just said, you're running a really large business with huge clients doing amazing things for them. And that's the cost of the tools that you're using. Yes. I invested going back to our first point, a lot of time in research in finding the tools that do exactly what I want them to do at the price I'm willing to pay. And I found a way to put them all together in a very effective way that doesn't require me to spend the time connecting them every single day. So the whole thing is connected and automated, but it's practically free. Like, yes, it yep. costs me money. There's money coming out of the bank account every month, but it's neg- in, in the size of the business that I'm doing. So, hence, free. So it's all there. You just have to say, okay, I now, after this podcast, I understand this. I'm going to start and doing research to see what the hell is is talking about. I'll do something else for, for my listeners. I'll put a cheat sheet with all the stuff that I'm using so people know I'm not lying. Like not with the pricing, but you'll, if you can go down there and do the math, like the actual list, here's everything I'm using for everything that I do. So you can go and copy that after I've done all the research, but, and it will be in the notes for, for the show, but it's really, it's all there and it's, and it's all, and, and the benefits you're getting, like you said, Sean is, is the future because without it, you won't have clients five years from now. So you might start preparing or 10 years mm-hmm. from now, right? Yeah. Unless you're selling spaceships to the government. And even then, look at what Elon Musk is doing. He's now selling spaceships to the government. So yeah, maybe. Sean, you're obviously a very smart guy and you obviously live digital stuff. I asked all my guests to share kind of like their best toys, tools, apps, software, books, gadgets, like three things or a couple of things that really help you on the day-to-day or that helped you to do what you do, elevate the way you do it. Yeah, man. Not so much gadgets, but I'll talk about my diet for a second. And I think that, you know, I I think that not only my diet, but my choices daily of how I can optimize my energy levels, I think is very important because, yeah, there's a million different books out there you could read. There's a million gadgets. But I feel like truly, if you feel like crap, if you're you're not, not thinking correctly, if you're not thinking you know, up to your capability, up to your highest capability on a daily basis, then, you know, you might be operating at what, 50% or 60, there's still more to be there, right? So I kind of just like, we'll walk through like what I- By eat the way, I have three day. kids. I operate on 30% by definition. That's the best <laughs> I get. <laughs> Wait till you get there. You think you're smart. <laughs> oh my God. A 24 and single. <laughs> yeah, right. Give me, give me a couple of years, man. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, trust me, you're not. <laughs> Well, that's hilarious. Yeah. So I wake up and I fast immediately, right? People who know intermittent fasting, it's, you know, not eating. Sure. You can drink water. I tried black coffee. That's what I drink. And normally, man, my first meal is roughly like 2 PM. Like after this podcast, I'll probably eat. Yeah. 2, 3 PM. And I also, my vitamin consumption in the morning, that is when I'm drinking my water, while I'm drinking my maybe black tea or black coffee, I'll have collagen, fish oil, and like a multivitamin, right? And what really I feel is just, it's clarity. It's my brain and all my energy. It's more so processed in my brain. It's not worried about what's going on in my stomach, right? Because I feel like, you know, just from like a, and again, I'm not a doctor, nor do I, you know, claim to be, but in my mind, if I'm trying to think about a problem, but, and, and my mind has 100% focused on this problem, I'm going to be a lot better rather than if I ate a large meal, large breakfast, and now my body and my mind is also worrying about stuff that's in my stomach, right? 
So I think that's really important too, because you can get sidetracked and, you know, all this other crazy stuff. So that's why what I, you know, on a daily basis, I think meditation is very powerful too. So Wim Hof breathing, I do that in the morning. I do that at night meditation mantra. I think that's very powerful as well. And then in terms of gadgets, man, like I, I broke it off of my, my thing, my, my phone. Cause it's, it's so uh, old, but I have like a scooch where you press it and you can hold it sideways and attached to that is a light. So whenever I'm making social media videos, you know, like uh, YouTube videos, I put that on. So obviously I have this camera recording me, but I can also have the behind the scenes things. So it's like little, you know, clips and maybe some bloopers of, you know, I'm hungover or something that I can't remember <laughs> my script or whatever. Right. So it's just that sort of stuff too. other gadgets. I mean, there's a million books out there to read the challenger sale. If you're learning to really become, I, the, the word simp has really came out in 2020, but I feel like you know, if you're trying to make a sale, you need to be, you know, stern. You can't be, you know, an a-hole. You really need to be, you know, but you need to convince someone of your product. You can't just like say, oh yeah, like what you say is completely right. But but you need to be, you know, confident and enforceable. And the challenger sale that really tells you how to sell your product in a way that is really changing their beliefs and changing their mindset. You know, Warren Buffett talks about this. Elon Musk talks about this. And, and something else that I'll, I'll touch on too. My final point is, like I said earlier in the call, I, I was on a phone call with Warren Buffett, like a conference call and with, what was it? Michael Bloomberg and a couple other executives. And Warren said, you know, him and Charlie Munger, they've been in business for what, 60 years, right? Charlie's in 96, Warren's yes. 90s. And Warren said that having Charlie as a partner was probably the single greatest thing he's ever done because, you know, and this is very, this is very touching and emotional. Warren said, if I could have dinner with anybody in the past, the future, present, whatever, he would choose, he would choose uh, Charlie 100% of the time. He wouldn't do Jesus. He wouldn't do, you know, Muhammad. He wouldn't do anyone, right? He would do Charlie. And that's because Charlie's always thinking about different things. There's always, you know, knowledge to, to be learned with Charlie. So I think people that are listening out there are talking about strategic partnerships to make it come full circle. Now you need to find that partner in the business too, you know, cause you know, as the saying goes, you get enough, you know, talking monkeys in a room and you'll produce somewhat of a, you know, bit of Shakespeare. Right. So that's really what I, 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 want people to focus on is the energy levels for sure, getting the right partner and and going from there. I I think that, you know, controlling all of that is it's difficult, but it definitely is feasible and it pays dividends a hundred percent of the time. Sean, this was amazing. Again, I'm, I'm amazed by your, the depth of your thought process and decision-making and knowledge for the age you're in. And I'm speaking as a very old guy here in this particular scenario, And so thank you so much. This was really brilliant. It was really interesting. I think everything you're saying is spot on. And I'm sure you guys will do amazing because again, the thought and the processes and and the concepts you're bringing into the business are amazing. And, And I really appreciate that you're taking the time and sharing it with me and my audience. Likewise, my friend, thank you so much. And I can't wait to have you on my show and uh, give you all the glory, but thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure. Was this awesome or what? Isn't it amazing that Sean, even though he's uh, relatively young in age, has such 
amazing understanding of the entrepreneurship world and really is willing to put in the work and the effort that it takes in order to make himself successful. Between the learning, the motivation, the consistency of what he does, I was really seriously impressed. If you enjoyed this episode, I think you would really like an episode called Invaluable Business Tips from a CEO who's changing the world. It's a really incredible interview with Roy Ganzarski, who is the CEO of MagniX, a company who's literally changing the world right now. And again, has a lot of invaluable insights if you want to run a successful business. You can find it by scrolling back on your podcast feed or by going to theetribe.com forward slash 23. And until next time, have a phenomenal week. If you've been listening to the recent episodes, I told you something big is coming and that it's coming in the next few weeks. And I'm ready to tell you a little bit more at this point. The E-Tribe podcast is going to be changing its name to the Business Growth Accelerator podcast. For you, nothing changes if you're subscribed to this or if you're looking for it on your feed, you will still see it in the same place, just with a different name. I'm telling you that so you don't get confused and think you're in the wrong place. The E-Tribe website and the entrepreneurs of the E-Tribe Facebook group are going to stay as is to allow our tribe to get together and continue discussions and questions and so on the way we're doing today. But the podcast is going to be even better, more exciting, more energy, higher level guest. It's going to be incredible. Want to know what it's going to be like? Here is the trailer episode for season two that again is going to be called The Business Growth Accelerator. In 2004, I came to the US with a bunch of Israeli guys chasing our startup dream. In 2006, I saved enough money and bought a house, my little piece of the American dream. that dream quickly became a nightmare. Seconds after I bought the house, the market crashed. I lost everything I had and I didn't sleep for six months. So what did I do? I started another company. That company had an amazing idea, raised a lot of money, but ended up busting because of bad decisions by the CEO. That was me, by the way. But then, with an amazing group of people in a startup within a bigger company, we built something new and were able to grow it to $100 million in sales, and the company sold. So in my professional career, I was in three different startups. One went public, one busted, and one had an amazing exit. But through these years of experience, I've noticed there's not one blueprint that works every time. But if that is the case, how do you differentiate between complete catastrophe and an amazing success? Well, it took me 20 years to figure that out. But now I'm on a quest. A quest to get you there much faster. How am I going to do that? I'm interviewing successful entrepreneurs, world-class experts, and together we search for gold practical mindsets, tips, and systems that you can implement in your business to grow it today. You will hear amazing entrepreneurial stories, really funny moments, and lots of actionable business tips. Welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator.
I hope you find this at least half as exciting as I do. But this is the new baby. This is what's coming up for season two. And it's going to be really, really amazing. So stay tuned. I would love your feedback on this. So find me on social media, Isar Matis on LinkedIn or on Facebook. And let me know what you think. And until next time, have an incredible week.